Welcome to the Cultivate Network Podcast, where we're digging in, digging in on Christian living, leadership, and church planning. Here are your hosts, Jamie Couch and Anthony Waters. So we've been we've been off of the church planning for a, a couple of weeks. We've not had a post for a while, but let's jump back into it. Today. Right back in. Here right we back go. In. So as we move forward, we've talked about the team, uh, the makeup of the team. We've talked about the ground. And now let's look forward. Just kind of a jump forward, I think, as we look into success and measuring success in the church plant. You would think that this would be a topic that we would pick basically toward the end of the podcast, uh, especially on this topic of church planning. But we're kind of putting it right here, kind of in the middle about talking about success. And I think it's important that we're doing this Mm -hmm. because sometimes it's hard to see uh, the forest for the trees kind of thought. Sure. And sometimes it's hard to see success. So I think that we need to know and understand what success is. And we need to measure, we need to know, understand how to measure success and what success looks like. So if you look... In the dictionary, Cambridge updated their definition of success five days ago. Good for them. Yeah, and here's what they say. The achieving of the results wanted or hoped for. Mm. Pretty simple, you know. Uh, they also have a uh, B to this, uh, another definition, something that achieves positive results. In industry, uh, we measure success about the way that we roll programs out. Program managers, project managers will measure success by how uh, whatever whatever they were driving, how it is fulfilled, how what the finished product looks like, and we can measure success that way. Uh, anytime that you deal with a project, you know there's going to be stumbles and fails, but we're going to pull it back together as I get kicked under the table. You Sorry, want me to move I can't, on? No, I was just stretching my legs I don't there. Think so. I think you want me to move on. <laughs> I think you want me to move on. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, church planning success, I think I think we ripped the Band-Aid off today, and we look at how we measure success in church mm-hmm. planning, and that's why I think that it was important to go ahead and bring this up at mm-hmm. this time mm-hmm. in the church planning series because we need to understand what success is going to look like. Mm-hmm. And I know we're talking about getting right up off the ground. I mean, we've just we've talked about the sewing, the team, all this. Yep. Now let's start looking at the successes. What does it look like? What and, does and it look like, Anthony? So uh, in in healthcare, uh, I work in the healthcare industry, and anytime we start a project, right, we we want to understand what success looks like, or else we're floating along, right? But so before we even launch the journey, we want to understand number one, why are we doing it? And we've covered the why. We've covered the vision. And a little bit. We're going to dive deeper into vision later. But, you know, what does success look like? And we develop key performance indicators in any industry, healthcare specifically. Um, what does it look like? For example, right now, for our medical practices, what does success look like from a, in a patient experience standpoint? Well, we have to be in the top quartile as far as the experience surveys. We have to answer the phone within 30 seconds <laughs> of, of the phone. We have to have below below a 5% call drop rate. So when that patient calls, if they hang up before we get it and we're over 5%, we failed. 
Mm-hmm. And so it's very specific and defined in, in the, you know, whatever industry you pick an industry. Yeah. Uh, but we're not an industry. We are more important than an industry. Yeah. And the matter of fact, um, um, the business world, there's so many things in the, that's why I love, one of the reasons I love bivocational ministry or co-vocational ministry is that what we learn, the more you dive into the business world, the more we understand that the principles that they operate on, whether they're know it, they're oblivious to it, but the principles by which they operate, if they're successful, are principles that were designed and articulated first in the scripture by the word of God. And um, so before we even start, um, we have to get clear because your team, your core team may have a vision or version of what success looks like differently. It can be very subjective to, to the person. And if the team is not coalesced around a centralized definition of what success looks like, then everyone will define it in their own way, which will create confusion and frustration for the team on down the line. So this is important about communication. Absolutely. And this is getting with your core group and your core team and laying out, hey, this is what success looks like. And this is not a one-sided viewpoint either. Because like mm-hmm. you said, everybody that comes to the team is going to have a version of what they feel that a successful plant, successful in the ministry of Christ, what it looks like. Yeah, yeah. And it's going to be different to everybody. And it's going to be based a lot on their background at yep. the same time. Yep. So, But that's what's so cool about the Lord is the Lord loves diversity. He does. He loves diversity and I love all the ideas and all the ways that it all comes out and puts it on the table but this is I think this is key and we go back to what we talked about earlier was the team the core team bringing the core team together man this is that part this is that this is that part of the core team that you're going to have to get in get up in the business yep. of what everybody feels because yep. if everybody's not putting that voice out there you're going to have somebody that's in the back and they're going to feel like they're pushed out and they'll never understand what success looks like because it was never defined and it was never brought forth what they felt success was. Mm. So the church could be exceeding in a bunch of different ways, but they can't see it because they didn't measure success that way and they didn't know the team was looking at success that way. So they they feel ostracized at the same time. They feel ostracized. They feel like a failure. They feel frustrated because here's the thing. As a church plant team, a core team, you need to, there's one thing that you really got to get hammered in really early on, and that is know that there's going to be many, a plethora of external opinions about what, because they're going to, they're (laughs) going to define, there's going to be people in the ear of every leader on your team, and they're going to be sharing what their vision (laughs) <laughs> their version of what their KPI is for your work. Yeah. And they're going to define success in their way. Yeah. And it's going to get in their ear. And if we've not driven home what success looks like to the team, then all of those voices that they hear from the outside that define success by a worldly point of view, yeah. there's a different, there's different. There is much of the Christendom of, of the church empire, be it as it is in America, especially define success in a very um i'm going to say um it's worldly oh, there's no absolutely. other way to put it it's yeah. worldly yeah and and if the team isn't really defined um on on what that looks like and confident 
that that's what success looks like, then then people from the outside, the voices will get to them. They're going to get discouraged. They're going to start the comparison trap and, and all these things. So and, and then it's 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 celebrating success as the definition defines success. So, um, yeah, I, I think that it's really important to get the team um, bold underline what success is but because jesus definition of success um is much different than than the world's and huh. and, and so i think that yeah. um uh, you know I'll, I'll give you an example anthony um one of the church plants uh, probably was the second church plant i was able to participate in in the early stages of and it was great commission church we had planted in a a old coffee shop uh in which is where we are at journey it's <laughs> beautiful uh full circle and it was in downtown berea a very 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 culturally diverse town berea is the leftist uh, town i mean it's very very much left wing very very much uh new world um uh, very progressive town in kentucky Okay, so there we were, a, 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 a mission church plant in the middle of uh, Berea, the world, uh, the world center, the Babylon of Kentucky, the Babylon of the East. <laughs> and uh, so there we were. And, and, and so, Anthony, we had very few people that would attend church on a Sunday, very low in number. I'm talking, you know, we may have, you know, 12 one week or 25 or, or, you know, the next week. And it wasn't like we wasn't, you know, knocking the doors down to try to expand the walls necessarily at the time. And, but now I will tell you that church has since been through two new buildings and is expanding the building they're in now. And it's amazing what they've done over the years, but, but what God has done through them. So, but, but let me, let me, let me go back. So our Sunday day was this. We had two services, a morning service and an evening service on a Sunday. And in between services, we did street, street ministry where we went door to door and we did door to door evangelism. And it wasn't the typical evangelism like hand out a track and, and, you know, kind of like follow Jesus or go to hell. Jesus hates you because you're a sinner. You know, it wasn't that, that, that was, it was literally sit on the front porch and talk for 30 minutes about the day, the sun, the weather, and then you bridge into a gospel conversation. And then, you know, the next thing you know, you're, you're leading them to Christ or they're kicking you off the porch. I mean, it's one of the things, but, but we had so many stories of the happen on the street. Okay. I want to bring this full circle. Now define success. We did that for months and months and months and months. And not one person that we reached out to, not one person came to church. We reached thousands of people, knocked on hundreds and hundreds of doors. Not one person came to church. So after a few months, we were discouraged, right? And yeah. we were very discouraged, like disheartened. I mean, just flabbergasted because we were tired. We, we had served and served and reached and reached and nothing, nothing. And we came, we came in one day and we were sitting around the table before the evening service and we were just mully grubbing around and the Holy Spirit stabbed us in the heart because we were just complaining over, you know, no fruit, no fruit, no fruit. Hmm. And the Holy Spirit convicted us so strongly, which is the epi which is really the, 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 the genesis of what this podcast is about. And he confronted us as we were in prayer and confronted us with what, what, what was your goal? What was your expectation? And he changed us that he changed my heart that day that my expectation was that we are sowing seed. 
Mm. We are not responsible for the harvest. Mm -mm. We are not responsible for the outcome. We're only responsible (laughs) for how we are cultivating in that ground at that time. So then he, he he confronted my heart and my spirit, Anthony. and, And he said, today, did you sow seed or did you not? If you did, you as the farmer have six, have had a successful day. You're not responsible for the harvest. You're responsible for cultivation and sowing. So do that well and celebrate when you do it. Measure that. So then the next Sunday when we came back in, okay, after, after sowing all the seed, we didn't count how many people showed up. We didn't count the butts and seats. We counted the seed that we sowed. Now, now back and way up, it changed everything. It made the front porch encounters more intimate. It made the, the, the face-to-face conversation with Joe Blow more, more, in, more interesting and more pointed. And, you know, it, 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 it led to so many powerful stories coming from the streets. And, and so I, I won't belabor all that, but I'm, I want to say that day, it changed my mindset with what success looks like. The Holy Spirit redefined our, defin- our definition was, are they showing up at church or not? How many butts are in our seats? What's our attendance? What's our offerings? He changed it that day. Yeah. So you can see the shift from a worldly mindset of church to more of a godly mindset. And, of course, we get that 100% from the Scripture. I mean, one, I, you know, one sowed, one planted, you know, one came along, watered, but it's always God, God. that gives the increase. So, I mean, we see that that is 100% the Christ model, and that is a shift from what we see in the traditional church setting. We always count numbers, and we always count offering, and we measure success. It's kind of, when you think of it that way, it's very secular. I mean, when you think about it, you're like, oh, well. And I mean, but how many times have you been involved in a larger church? And that was that was the success. They get up, man. We thank God for four hundred people here today. You know, and hey, I'm not down in that. No, I mean, that's a yeah, blessing. That's amazing. It's that's amazing. A, that's a blessing. But at the same time, I, I say all that to say this: in the industry I work in, our success model is considered a living document. So we lay out what we see success as, but as we have milestone victories, we come back and we redefine success again and again and again. And it, what it does is it gives everybody on the team, they call them a project delivery team, it gives everybody on the team, they can see how success is coming out. There was success that was identified at the beginning, but then as we see other successes that come through, we were able to get this done. We were able to get this done. This happened as a result of this. It helped us and it, it keeps wow. the team motivated. to keep pushing forward to keep moving forward i mean i think that's important especially in church planning and and this is another excellent point on why we're bringing it up at this point in this podcast is that's going to be a living document the Mm -hmm. way that success is measured don't look at and man i I know what you're saying i mean i've been there i've been there at this at at this church plan i mean you'll be there one sunday you'll have 50 people you have another one that's there just eight people and you're like oh yeah yeah (laughs) But success is not only measured that way. Mm-hmm. There's other ways that measure success sure. in a church plan as well, and that is spiritual growth yeah. as well. Only and not only among the team, spiritual maturity, absolutely. Growth. And this is why it's important to what success looks like. Mm-hmm. Don't have a such a uh, rigid mindset that says, uh, 
you know, that this is the only way we measure success is by the number of people that we have here. It's not about that at all. As the team grows and as the spiritual maturity comes up and you see the fruit of the spirit at work in their life and you mm-hmm. see the growth of them as Christians mm-hmm. and what the, and, and the fruit that it's bearing in their lives, oh, man, that's success. that's success. That is a, that is a great success. You see God moving, they being discipled. And then what do they do? And they're turning around and discipling more. Yeah. These are successes. These are, these are things that would be easily overlooked and overshadowed by numbers, mm-hmm. by money, by things like that. But it should not be in any way, shape, or form because success, it, 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 we can't be blinded by the world when we mm-hmm. look at success in the church of Jesus Christ. There can be success, Anthony, that is, um, I, I want to call it a false sense of security. I agree. And for example, if we would have launched Journey and immediately we had like, I don't know, pick a number. Two, three hundred people. Two, let's show say three hundred. Three hundred people. Three hundred. And all of a sudden, we have three hundred people. They're giving good offerings. They're showing up on Sunday. Mm-hmm. They're going out of that door. They're never thinking about Jesus another time. We don't know if they are or not yeah. because we're preaching a really, really classy sermon, really cute. Our worship <laughs> is powerful. We got enough money to pay the bills. Everything. We're planning on another building plan. Everything is going great. And, um, and, and so we can we can really be lulled to sleep, yeah. By that oh, dude. success. Oh wow! And the challenging question mm. is: when they leave that door, when they walk through the threshold, yeah. right? When they go to work on Monday, when they go to school on Monday, when they whatever they do through the week, the challenge is: are they discipling? others are oh, they wow. equipped to take the gospel when they have hardship do they crumble mm-hmm. when they have hard things come at them do they crumble yep. do they what is their view of sin how are they dealing with the temptations that come at them through the week and how how do we have platforms in our church that have accountability and structure for discipleship and are we doing that or not how do we measure discipleship at you want to see a pastor squirm i'm going to talk about all of us i'm talking about myself too ask them how do you measure discipleship Ugh. And and I, I promise you, you know, yeah, church attendance, yeah, that that's good and yeah. it's necessary. And I don't want to belittle that. No, not but, at all. But, but the thing is, is it is so much more than attendance. Yes, it it's is. It's an intimate relationship with the body of believers that that not only not only just teaches. We teach good as a church, mm. but Jesus wasn't just a teacher. He yeah. was a doer, yeah. and he said, "Watch me do." Then, I, well, first of all, he said, listen to me. This is why we're doing it. Yeah. And then he would say, watch me do it. Yeah. And then he would say, let's do it together. That's right. And then he would say, you do it. Yep. And, then he, would, and then he would give them feedback yes. on how they did it. And then he started again. Yeah. And he took them deeper and deeper and deeper into that discipleship. Yeah. And then at, the very, at their graduation ceremony, he told them, these works you saw me do, yep. you should do greater. You'll do greater. Oh my goodness! And so, if that is how we're, <laughs> if we're counting on success as a cute sermon on a Sunday, and not just hoping that they just go out there and take the world, then we will, I promise you, be lulled to sleep 
by the American economic success. You know, there's a Chinese minister who said, I pray for America. He sure did. I pray for America because of her prosperity. And I think that we can be prosperous. And because of that prosperity, we can be lulled to sleep. So Mm. I pray that God, if necessary, gives us depravity so that we can learn success is more. Yeah. More. So I think back about successes that we have seen in, uh, in, in, let's just look at journey for example. And this, this goes into other, other church plants as well, but you know, there's times that you'll sit back and, you know, you get into that mindset. Well, nobody's coming. Nothing's happening. You know, here we are again. Mm-hmm. It's the eight of us again. That's all that's here today. Is the eight of mm-hmm. us. And then you see other people that start coming sure. and they start coming regularly and they catch the vision. They catch on fire. They're like, man, this is different. Something's different about this. And then you watch God. And it, this is what's so cool. And, I, I you know, if we're going to measure success, this is so awesome in, in church planning. And I, I, it's just so cool is to see as God starts to really move in their lives. Mm-hmm. And I think back, and I'm not going to name names uh, in the church, but I, you see ministries, the Lord, the Lord move on them that they want to launch out. That they want more, that they that they have a greater desire, that they are leading people. They're they're everything's different. The way they approach, the way God's moving on them, the way God's changing them, the way God is in, in encouraging them as, as He moves them into different facets of ministry, and to watch this happen, and you just kind of sit back and you're like, "Oh my goodness, this is awesome!" Hey, we may not be running a hundred or two hundred, but what God is doing is He is building to. Together, a church that is a solid rock that is ready to go forth and ready to spread the good news of the gospel to a lost and dying community and then a country, a nation, and a world. That's awesome what God can do. So success does not need to be measured in a single mindset mind frame. It needs to be looked at so broad. Let let success be measured with the eyes of God. That the Lord would give us his, uh, his, his eyes. That we could see how success is. And that we get out of such a mindset that says that this is the way we measure success and it's only this way and if we're not doing it this way then it's going to be a failure we have to break that mold and see how God really is changing Mm -hmm. molding and here's what's so cool I've seen times that we would run 10 to 15 people for a long time and you saw so much spiritual growth and you was like Lord the people there's just not a number here but there's such a there's such a you know the people that are here they're just growing and growing and growing did you ever think for a minute that God was growing that team to expand that team what you just said sounds very familiar (laughs) it does to what jesus did yes he had 12 yeah oh my god and he spent three years with the 12 yes Yes. and disciples make disciples yeah and and so as you were talking my mind was going through the word and i was seeing a time when jesus was there with i say six thousand people yeah and he had 12 disciples, 6,000 people that were there by the shore. And, <laughs> and Jesus said, you know what, guys, we need to get away. You know, but he, but he gave a sermon. And when he gave the sermon, 
they had just fed them all. You know, he had oh, just yeah. fed them all, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. With two fish and five loaves of bread. <laughs> and he fed them all. Yeah, and then he began this. to talk about why he fed them. He didn't yes. feed them. Now, guys, we don't do feeding people just to feed people. No, there's, no. there's always a message behind it. So that's yeah. what Jesus did that day. That's right. He said, while you're eating, let me talk to you. Uh-huh. And he gave a message. And he talked about him being the bread. He talked about, you know, that he talked about this. And guess what they did? They walked away. Yeah, they walked away, and um, he turned to to Peter at one point uh, during you know during one of, and this wasn't the only time in the Gospels that people walked away from Jesus, mm-hmm. and and he looked, he turned to Peter at one point and he said, "Shall you too walk away? Yeah, or shall and we go?" Peter said, to "Where, where, we where go? would we go? Where are we gonna go?" So that was a discipleship lesson there because yeah. because the thing is is they were there for the bread they That's were there right. for the food yep. and they were there for the for the, what they what their very version of success with Jesus would be when he taught them and it was deeper and he mm. spent time with the twelve and so as we're we have to ask ourselves how are we as leaders especially in church plants, don't get, I want to give a warning. Don't get so tied up in the definition of success because you're going to have people whispering in your ear. How many did you have Sunday? At your little church. (laughs) You know, and and you're going to, you're going to feel the pressure. You will. To have people there. Yeah. And, and, it's right. You want people there. You, yeah. you you don't want nobody wakes up in the morning and says, "I hope only thirty show up today." <laughs> I hope we only got like three today. Yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But the challenge that we must ask ourselves as Christian leaders oh. is how are we intentionally discipling so that we have teaching, showing, yes. doing, sending, and then accountability. How are we doing that? Yeah. Because that's what the church is. It's not a service. And, and, and Anthony, um, um, I want to bounce back to you on this because this is a, something that we've done at Journey specifically for this KPI. Mm-hmm. We have two ratios, really, that we, we measure. We Obviously, right. we measure attendance. Obviously, yeah. we measure first-time guests. Yeah. Obviously, we measure finance yeah. a little bit. Um, but here's the deal. We don't even look at that stuff, really. No. What we look at and focus on is our service to seat ratio mm. and our seed to seat ratio. There's two ratios. Service to seat ratio. How many people is an average attendance? There's your attendance measure, but don't stop there. Right. I know your wood and board in the back with those felt numbers are great, <laughs> but don't stop at that number. Yeah. Create a ratio. That's just your denominator. Mm-hmm. You've got a numerator that you need to come up against that denominator. What is your numerator? How many butts that are sitting in those seats <laughs> are serving an active service outside the church, not inside, because yeah. everybody wants to do it inside because they get credit for it. Oh, yeah. Everybody gets the trophy. I'm a Sunday school teacher. Mm-hmm. I'm this, I'm that. I hold this role. I hold this position. But what are they doing through the week? Yep. And the thing is, is are they serving outside your church or not? Yeah. And, and what is that ratio of people that attend that serve outside? The second ratio, seed to seat ratio. How many seed? Are sown not in your classrooms. They should. That should be expected. How many seed are sown outside the walls? Yeah. 
to the number of butts in your seats. Yeah. That those two ratios are challenging to me. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, Anthony, that's I don't know. That's something we've been we've been thinking and talking about for years now. And I, I, I love it because as we look at our journey ratios for this, it's pretty high. Yeah. Very. <clears throat> It's, it's actually shocking. When you look at it, you're like, oh, wow. <laughs> but, you know, and that's what's so cool about that is that's 100% God. All that credit goes to him. Amen. And how, oh, what a measure of success that that truly is, that lives are truly being transformed. It, it, it ain't about how many people are in the seat. I, I, you're, you're famous saying it, famous saying it's, it's not so much as the butts in the seats as it is as the boots on the streets. <laughs> that's pretty good as we sit here and laugh about it. But it, it really is the truth. And, I, you know, and you, another measure of success, and is exactly like what you said there, is the number of people that we have seen, and I'm looking at Journey as a whole, that have came to visit the church because people at the church invite them. Mm-hmm. And this goes back, back to the friend, mm-hmm. the friend. And I think that's so cool as I look. So explain friend for me. So <laughs> it's, it's friends, relatives, neighbors. Uh, acquaintances and acquaintances yeah and if you can find one friend then they can get a bunch of people that can come in and i i'm I'm a hundred percent honest with you and i think one of the greatest friends that we have is sister susan oh yeah sister susan has invited so many people to church and i tell you what just love her so much and i mean i mean what a friend to have mm-hmm. what a friend to have sister susan love her so much and thank god for her she my goodness it's amazing the people that will come in and be like hey you know it's good to see you today well susan was talking about y'all and man she did it's loves you and we wanted to come see what was going on mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. how many people have stayed yep. Yep. and grown and uh-huh. discipled and they've invited more and they're spreading the gospel and then there's a change at them at work and their friends are seeing it their their co-workers are seeing it and then they're wanting to catch the fire what's going on Man, that's 100% God. So that's a seed to seat ratio. That is exactly what so it if, is. If Susan talks to 10 people outside the church yep. about Jesus, yep. then her seed to seat ratio is 10 to 1. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Then the service to seat ratio. Yep. Our responsibility as Christian leaders is not to understand whether people can quote our sermon, cute no, quote no, for no. the day. No. Our, ex, our expectation as Christian leaders is this how are we able? to help people find what God has called them to do and be involved in the kingdom, disciple them through the word of God to be able to understand how to apply his word Mm -hmm. to their purpose and calling in life. Now, for example, you mentioned Susan. Let's just talk about Susan for a second. She wouldn't mind. No. I don't think she would. No. (laughs) Service to seat ratio. We sat down. I'm going to give my wife Heather credit here. Heather sat down with Susan and learned Susan's passion. Mm. What was Susan passionate about? What was innate in her that God placed in her heart, her heart mm. that she was passionate She's about? She's a giver. She's a giver. She very much She loves is. to give and help people. She and one it. of the people specifically is young girls yep. and young women, yep. young single mothers. Yep. So we had supplies that were donated by the by the grace of God, Anthony, you 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 lead this work so many times, bring in truckloads of stuff mm. to the church that 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 people just you know, we're able to give away, right? Mm-hmm. So Heather was able, I love, I love what Heather did here. She 
she listened to Susan. Leaders, you got to sit down yeah. with your people yep. and you got to listen, right? Yep. You got to understand what's in their heart that God's placing them to do. Yeah. And Heather listened. She took note. Mm-hmm. And then Heather looked around at all the resources that you had brought, you and, and Autumn had brought over, and looked at all the resources we had. And Heather took the resources, took the call, and and said, Susan, come over here. Look at this. See this stuff here? See what you just shared with me? You can have all of this stuff. Take it home, and you can give it to those women that you're, that you're called to reach to. Yep. And that will bridge a conversation between you and them. So Susan now has been involved in that ministry and taking care of that stuff. So, so that was a service to seat ratio. Now she's serving. Now that ratio is one-to-one. Yeah. So just a beautiful example. But it's our responsibility. Yeah. To not just teach them Bible verses and give them cute sermons and good services, but to help apply what they're learning mm-hmm. and and experiencing into real life through the week. So with that being said, as we get ready to wrap up the podcast, look at how we brought success out in the last 30 minutes. We didn't have a narrow mindset of the number of people that were in there in any way, shape or form. We looked at success more on a discipleship level. Mm-hmm. That's what you're going to have to do in a church plant. <laughs> the success will be measured in many ways, but let it be measured through the eyes of God. Mm-hmm. And don't let the world come in and corrupt your success model, your PKIs you talked about. Don't let it be corrupted with worldly things. Those things will be measured, but don't let them, don't let that be your standard of success in the kingdom of God. Mm. What if God limited the success, what if God limited success to how many people were at, at, at the house of God? My goodness. There'd be a lot of failures. There'd be a lot of failures. Thank God that he don't measure success that way. And for the church planner today, uh, let your mind be as the mind of Christ. Mm -hmm. And look at the congregation with the eyes of Christ. Mm -hmm. And look at success. Mm -hmm. And look for success. Don't just wait and say, oh, well, that was a success. Look ahead to success and see what God's doing and how God's moving and that will be a living document of success that will continue to move forward. Praise God. Man, that's <laughs> you powerful. You close it up. Powerful, powerful. <laughs> Anthony, that day they had all those thousands of people there. Yeah. Successful day. Oh, man. One would think. Yeah. You know how many Jesus had there? <laughs> he had 6,000. I don't know. I don't know the exact number. There was a lot more than that probably. How many did he really have? Twelve. Yeah, 12. 12. Yeah. Think about on the outside looking in, great success. Mm. Right? And then thinking about thinking about this, what, you know, there's going to be times that we we can easily have a false sense of security, <laughs> a false sense of success. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah. But but I challenge us all of us, I challenge myself included, we always 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 no matter what that number is, we have to look inside ourselves to ask ourselves the hard questions, right? And I'm also thinking about this. Don't also don't look at financial success as success because and, and, and we're 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 gonna talk about budget in church planting too, finances and budget, but uh, at a later episode. But I'm gonna ask you this, Anthony, what was the budget of Jesus when he sent out the disciples to go do the work? 
<laughs> what did he give them as a budget? Take nothing with you. <laughs> don't take anything. Zero. Yeah, don't take anything. So, church yeah. planter, when you're starting out, I have heard so many church. I've listened. I've read so many books. I've listened to so many seminars and podcasts, and so many of them will tell you you have to start out with two hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars, <laughs> yeah. or you cannot make it. <laughs> you must have a, at least a hundred thousand dollars in your balance sheet, or you cannot make it. I challenge every single statement of that to say that Jesus said, "Take no script with." you why did he do that he did not want their security no to be founded in a measurable of a financial metric he wanted their security to be in the experience Mm. and the word that he planted in them the word of god is enough if you're mm, the word of god is enough if you're willing to walk it out yeah yep they could have took the purse and built a tower yeah. And said, come to us. Yeah. But he did not want them to build a tower. Mm-mm. He wanted them to walk it out. That's right. He wanted them to go to the highways and the hedges yep. and compel them to come. That's right. That's so true. And it is why he gave them the budget of zero Amen, to do the buddy. work. And so as they went out, their, 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 their interactions with people were intimate. Mm. Their interactions with the world were from a place of a broken heart. And not of a place of an austere vision of having a giant place where people could come and sit and listen to you, the cute, fancy preacher. No, their heart was broken. Yeah. And I think today that as Jesus gives us a budget, sometimes the church planters, you're going to feel like you have a budget of zero. Yep. That is okay. His grace is still sufficient. If you have a budget of a million dollars, thank God for it, but don't bank on it. Yeah. Thank God for it, but don't use that as your measure of success because Jesus looked at it totally different. So I challenge you today, just like I challenge myself, let's love people, love Christ with all of your heart, and don't be blinded by the success of the world. And always, always, always ask the question, how are we discipling people in an intentional way, and are they making disciples? You want to you understand whether you're making disciples or not? Here's how you can know. Are the people that you're discipling making disciples? And if they're not, we got to stop and pause and question whether we're doing what God's called us to do or are we in a machine? Mm-hmm. I love you. Thank you for listening. And we appreciate you tuning in. Um, it's good to be back, Anthony. We've it been is. out for a few yeah, weeks. It's good, good to be, to be back. back. But we thank you guys for listening. And we love you so much. Thanks for tuning in to the Cultivate Network podcast. Until next time. Keep cultivating.